scriptures revealed. I am so delighted that you guys have joined me for another week of learning and growing and being transformed by the word of God, because the word of God is just that it is a transformative force. It is a change agent that can totally revolutionize our lives. I want to encourage you all that if this is continuing to bless you, don't forget to share this with your friends, with your family, with your followers, so that all of us can be transformed by the word of God. And don't forget to leave your ratings and your reviews on iTunes to let me know and those that are just browsing through the catalog of podcasts that this is a show that will help you become transformed and conform to the image of Christ. Not because of who I am, not because of something great I'm doing, but simply because of the power of the word of God. And so I am delighted that you all are on this journey with me again a couple of weeks ago. I gave you all a shout out because we reached that hundred subscribers mark. And I am so excited that a hundred of you guys are tuning in every week and being transformed by the power of the word of God. Now, we're going to jump right into our scriptures for this week because we have a lot to cover and I want to try to get through them. We finished chapter one of Ephesians a while ago. We are in the heart of, of Ephesians chapter two. And what we are doing is that we are laying a groundwork for the mystery of the gospel to be unraveled for us and, and to be disclosed to us once we get to chapter three. But chapter two is a beautiful chapter on the gospel to dead men. It is the gospel to dead men that Paul keeps going over and over and over the fact that we were strangers. We were dead. We were alienated from God. And this is the beauty of God's grace towards us is that not only did he cause raise us from the dead, but he has given us a new life in his nation, in his kingdom, in his civilization. And so we are continuing that journey into Ephesians chapter 2. Now granted last week we did not get far at all. I think we only covered one verse and that was verse 13 and we spent that entire time giving you truths and understandings about how to walk in victory through the power of the blood of Jesus. The power of Jesus' blood. Now we're going to pick up in verse 13 and we're actually going to go all the way to verse 18 this week. I know you think that may be almost impossible but we're actually going to get through it because it's really those verses are, are really communicating one line of thought that I want us to get it. I want us to walk in it. I want us to be transformed by it. So again, uh, to give you the backdrop to make sure we're all on the same page, once we get to this part of Ephesians, we are drawing a dividing line between the uncircumcised and the circumcised. We're drawing a, a dividing line between those who belong to God, those who were called the people of God, and then those who were not the people of God. And then we learned in verse 13, that's what we'll pick up today. Verse 13 says, and I'm using the English Standard Version this week, says, but now in Christ Jesus, or in other words, remember we learn everywhere in the Bible you see in Christ or in Christ Jesus or in whom or in him, we're talking about being in or a part of the nation of Jesus Christ. This verse has given us insight into what it is to be a citizen of the nation of Jesus Christ. So the verse says, for, by, but now in Christ Jesus or but now in the nation of Jesus Christ, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 
Christ. And that's where we part last week. We learned that the power of the blood. I want to give you that principle again because it will change your life. The Leviticus shows us that the life of the flesh is in the blood. And if we have access to the blood of Christ, that means if I can see it in the life of Jesus, I can access it through his blood. That is a powerful, powerful truth. If you want more insight about that, you want to go back and listen to last week's episode on the blood of Christ. But if you can see it, if you can find it in the life of Jesus Christ, then you can access it today by his blood. Whatever you saw, whether you saw healing, whether you saw peace, whether you saw prosperity, whether you saw deliverance, whether you saw power. If you saw it in Jesus's life, you can access it today because of your access to the blood of the Lord Jesus. So it says you were far, you once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now let's get to work in verse four. It says, for he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Now let's work through this. Let's work through the first part of this verse. It says, for he himself is our peace. Who is himself? We're talking about Jesus, that Jesus Christ and those who are citizens in the nation of Jesus Christ. Jesus has been made our peace. The beautiful thing about this word peace here is that Jesus Christ has been made to us God's gift of wholeness. Wholeness. I want you to understand that the whole journey and the process that you are going through and when we tell people, you know, you need to submit to your process and and don't rush the journey and don't rush the, the process to success and the process to being conformed. That process is called wholeness, that God has you on a journey to wholeness. He wants you whole. And that word whole, it means to be undamaged. It means to be sound. It means to be healthy. It means to be secure. It means to be prosperous. God wants you whole. When God began to walk and process the Israelites through the wilderness into the promised land, what he was processing them out of was damage. He was processing them out of the damage of their past. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ has been made to you, that he has been made your process, the entryway into your process out of your damages, whatever damaged you, whatever hurt you, whatever scarred you, whatever wounded you, whatever made you feel like you were not secure, whatever made you feel like that you were going to live and lack all of your life. Jesus Christ was made for you. God's gift of wholeness, God's gift of making you uh, come into a, a realization that you are undamaged. You are not damaged goods. I mean, that that is a powerful aspect of the gospel. That regardless of what is going on in your life, regardless of where you are found yourself, you are not damaged goods. You are not uh, something that can be easily just replaced. You're not just something that can be easily tossed to the side. But God wants you whole. I know more than he wants you rich, more than he wants you uh, to have this American dream, more than he wants you to have all the riches in your mind. What he wants for you is wholeness. What he wants for you is is to be the man and the woman of God that he's called you to be. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ was made to us God's gift of wholeness. What does that mean? That when I look at Christ, he is the perfect picture of what God wants me to look like in the earth. 
I'm going to say that to you again. When you look at the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the perfect picture of what you are supposed to look like in the earth, regardless of what happened to you. Because Jesus, I'm going to give you a newsflash, Jesus was not dealt the best hand when he came into the earth. When Jesus came into the earth, he was born into a story of rejection. When Jesus was born, they had to run because people were after his life. Jesus was born on the run. So he was born. He knows what it's like to, to be born into a society that rejects you. He knows what it's like to have to uh, grow up and not have a real strong presence of even the father. Because we don't know where Joseph was in the grooming years of Jesus's life. After age 12, we don't hear about Joseph at all. So we don't know what was going on in his family dynamic. We don't know how that family dynamic was because by the time Jesus gets older, his his family, his brothers his, and his sisters are not following his ministry. His brothers and his sisters are not disciples of his. They don't become disciples until after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we don't know what was going on in that family dynamic. We don't know what how Jesus got attacked emotionally and mentally. The Bible says that he was tempted in every way that we are. So he has been through trials, tribulation, the storms and the waves of life. He knows what it's like. He knows that he gets you. Jesus understands you. I know a lot of times we we say Jesus is beating us over the head. Jesus wants us to do better. He wants us to be better. He wants us to go further. But sometimes we just need to accept the fact and realize the fact that Jesus really gets you. Even if nobody else understands you, even if nobody else gets you, even if nobody else will accept you, Jesus gets you. He understands you. He knows where you are. He knows where you've been. He knows what has happened to you. He knows what has gone on in your life. He knows how you have been rejected. He knows how you have been overlooked. He knows how you have been the misfit. He knows how even when you thought you had one area good and going and great, then another area fell apart. He gets you. He understands your life. He totally gets it. But the beauty of it is through all of that, Jesus was able to live a whole life, a life of wholeness. And if he could do it, he is a sign to you that in him, you can do it too. Through the power of the blood of Jesus. Remember, this is all connected through the power of the blood, through the power of his life, through the power of his death. You can live in wholeness. Jesus is your God gift of wholeness. He is. So watch this. It says, for he himself is our peace or is our gift of wholeness who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Now, I want you to pay attention to something here. I want you to pay attention. When we look at the division between the Jews and the Greeks, because all the way start going all the way back up to verse 11, Paul has been drawing a distinction between the Jews and the Gentiles. Those that belong to God and those that didn't belong to God. In order to understand the revelation of what Paul is trying to get to us, we've got to understand that the whole Jew-Gentile thing was not about God trying to cause a division. God did not call the nation of Israel because they were better. God did not call the nation of Israel because they were bigger. 
God did not call the nation of Israel because he wanted to cause them to be superior and he wanted them to be better and he wanted them to be greater than anybody else around them or he wanted them to live with uh, racism or, or have prejudices. That was not his intent. That was not his goal. The whole point of the nation of Israel was that God wanted the world to see what it was like to be a people belonging to God. That is the whole distinction. The whole Jew-Gentile thing is a, a group of people that belong to God and a group of people that do not belong to God. We've got to remember that they were a shadow. They were a symbol of what was to come. The nation of Israel was a symbol. They, was a, they were a shadow of what was to come. What was to come is a nation of kings and priests. That's why he said that in the book of Exodus. What was to come was a nation of sons of God. What was to come was a nation that belonged to the nation of Jesus Christ. That is what God was trying to communicate. So when you look at Jew and Gentile in the New Testament, you're not looking at an ethnic group. What you're looking at is a group of people that belong to God and a group of people that do not belong to God. We're talking about the saved and the unsaved to bring it all the way down. That is what they symbolize. So watch this. So now with that in your mind, when you go back to verse 11, it says, therefore, remember that at one one time you Gentiles in the flesh, or in other words, I could say you sinners in the flesh called the uncircumcised or the unsaved by what is called the saved, which is made in the flesh by hands. It say, remember, you were separated from Christ. You were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. It says you were. So you're no longer separated. You're no longer alienated. We're talking about becoming a part of the nation of Jesus Christ. So watch this. Jesus, the Paul says here that Jesus Christ has been made our peace. He's been made a gift of wholeness who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Now watch this. Paul is saying, in the nation of Jesus Christ, there is only one. There's only one. We got. Let's, let's keep reading so you can see that even with more clarity. It says, broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man. You know what that phrase in the Greek means? One new man? It means one new human species. One new human species. God has totally created a new species of human beings through the blood of Jesus, through the work of Christ, by inducting us into the nation of Jesus Christ. So in the nation of Jesus Christ, there is no Jew and there is no Gentile. You can, you can find this everywhere in the epistles. That's why Paul said in Christ, there is no Jew, there is no Gentile, there is no male, there is no female, there is no black, there is no white, there is no American and, and British. No African and Australian. No Russian and Asian. No, all of, all of those things goes away. There is a new species in the nation of Jesus Christ. And, and this species lives in Christ. In Christ, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Appreciate your culture. Appreciate your history. Honor it. Celebrate it. But at the core of who you are, is a new species of human. You are a new human species. 
It says, for he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Now watch this. To understand the surface of this scripture, you're going to think about Jew and Gentile again. You're going to think about how what Jesus did was tear down the wall of division between Jews and Gentiles. No longer was it the Jews are better than the Gentiles. The Jews can't eat with the Gentiles. The Jews can't fellowship with the Gentiles. Uh, no more of that separation. God is bringing us all together into one family. And that is true. That is exactly what Paul is saying, that we are now one family. There is no there is no church and Israel. The church and Israel are now one. We have been grafted in. You get that? We've been grafted in. Now I'm not getting into replacement theology and, and all of that. What, what I'm, what I'm trying to show you is what Israel represented and what's symbolic of and what the church got grafted into. All right. So we are one new race. So I know the Jews have had the law. And you've had the ordinances and you've had the traditions and you've had the rituals and you had the oracles of God since the beginning of time. But now in the nation of Jesus Christ, you're not better than any Gentile or any heathen that has been grafted in. We are all one new race. That's Bible. That's I'm not sharing my opinion. I'm not preaching replacement theology. I'm not being anti-Israel. What I'm being is pro-Bible. The, the Bible says that we are one new race. Now, you say, well, what does that have to do with my life and my everyday life? I'm so glad you asked. What this means is, again, remember, we're talking about saved and unsaved, godly and ungodly, those that belong to God and are people that do not belong to God. So when God, when Jesus made the Jew and Gentile one and he broke down the wall of hostility, what Jesus really did is what made the Jews belong to God was that they were the people of God. What Jesus broke down in the life of every heathen and the life of every sinner is that in his flesh, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated you from God. It wasn't just about Jew and Gentile. It was about what they represented. Jews represented being close to God. Gentiles represented being far away from God. So what Jesus came to do was to bring us close to God. But how did he do that? How did Jesus make us a new species? How did Jesus make us close to God? Is he broke down that dividing wall of hostility. He broke down that dividing wall. And how did he do it? By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances. Now, so the question then becomes, what is this wall of hostility? How did Jesus break it down? We got to We got to keep going. Look at verse 16 and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. So what do we see here? That the blood of Jesus, the cross of Jesus, the death of Jesus was all about breaking down this wall of hostility. And this is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying God knew Jesus knew that if I can break the wall of hostility down, if I can break that wall down, then I will create a new human species that will not be distant from God, that will not be far away from God, but they will be close to God. 
They will be reconciled to God. They will not be enemies of God, but they will be friends of God and sons of God and citizens of his nation. Paul said, but in order for me to do that, Jesus said, I've got to break down the wall of hostility. So we've got to learn what the wall of hostility was. Now, remember, something Paul did whenever he traveled is that Paul was was an apostle. So he had a central message. Paul's job was about preaching the kingdom of God. Everything Paul, everywhere Paul went, every time Paul grabbed a microphone, if they had them, even though they didn't have them back then, let's just go on this journey, journey with me. Every time Paul stood in a pulpit, every time Paul grabbed the mic, what Paul preached was the kingdom. He preached the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of the fact that the kingdom of God, that the nation of Jesus Christ has been made available to people who were distant, to people who were far off. So in light of that, we're going to find a common thread between all of Paul's epistles because he always preached the same thing. We're going to find Paul preaching the gospel of the kingdom in Romans and Galatians and Ephesians and Colossians and Philippians and Thessalonians. He was preaching it to Timothy. You see the gospel of the kingdom. So in order to help us gain greater insight about this wall of hostility, I want us to look at Romans chapter five. Romans. Actually, let's not go to Romans five yet. Let's go to Romans eight. I want you to see something here. Romans 8 and 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In other words, there's no condemnation for those who are in the nation of Jesus Christ. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in the nation of Jesus Christ from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now watch this for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. There there goes that word again, that hostile to God, that hostility towards God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, watch this. Here we gain insight to the wall of hostility that was dividing you and God, that made you a sinner, that made you a foreigner, that separated you from God, that alienated you from the promises of God, that made you strangers to the commonwealth of Israel. The hostility here was that you had a sin nature. You had a sin nature. David put it this way. You were born and shaped in iniquity. You were born and shaped with a sin nature. What Jesus came to do, the Bible says that he came in the likeness of sinful flesh, but he condemned sin in the flesh. It's the same thing Paul is saying over in in the book of Ephesians. Same thing. He said, 
he for he himself in verse 14 of chapter 2 of Ephesians for he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility what did Jesus break, break down oh in other words what did he dissolve what did he dissolve what did he dissolve? Because that word broken down means to dissolve. And where do we see that word dissolve? We see it over in 1 John 3, 8, when the Bible says that the Son of God was manifested to destroy or to dissolve the works of the devil. We learned uh, back in chapter 1 that the whole works of the devil was that he stole sonship from God, from the sons of Adam. He stole sonship from the sons of Adam. How did he do that? He did that. By birthing in the seed of Adam a sin nature. So how, what did Jesus do? What was the wall of hostility? Jesus dissolved the work of Satan. He dissolved, he destroyed that old sin nature. Now with that in mind, now I want you to read this verse. It says, for he himself is our peace. or oh, he is God's gift of wholeness. How? How so? Who has made us both one. Who is us both? Us both is not just about Jew and Gentile. He's talking about the, the, the Jew, remember, represents closeness to God. The Gentile represents being far away from God. So what happened? He made us both one. He made me and God one. He reconciled us. How did he do it? He, how did he reconcile me and God? He did it by breaking down or dissolving that sin nature because the sin nature was a wall of hostility between me and God. Me and God were not on the same page because I had a sin nature. Me and God were enemies because I had a sin nature. I couldn't get close to God because I had a sin nature. I couldn't enjoy the promises of God because I had a sin nature. I, I couldn't live in, in a living hope because I had a sin nature. I had to live in a world without God because of my sin nature. But because of the cross, because of the cross, watch this, verse 16, it says, might reconcile us both to God and one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. How did Jesus kill that sin nature? He did it with the cross. Now watch this. What Jesus did on the cross, I will experience in my life when I receive it by faith. I've got to learn to walk it out. I've got to learn to walk it out. Now it says he, he killed that sin nature. How did he do it? By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, which means he took me from living under the law. Now, the kingdom of God is not without laws or precepts or ordinances or, or judgments and statutes. But what he did was he took me from living under the law of, of rituals, of trying to fulfill a law that wasn't first in my heart. That was the downfall of the old covenant is that they were giving a law that they could not live up to because the law was external. The law wasn't first internal. But with the new covenant, the law is in me. So when God says, don't lie, when God says, don't fornicate, when God says, do this and don't go there and go over here. Now, it's not just something I'm trying to live up to. It's something that has been written on the tablet of my heart. It's a part of who I am because that sin nature on the inside of me has been dissolved, has been abolished, has been destroyed, has been put down. Watch this now. Now, with all of that insight, now let's read verses 
14 through 18. And see if it makes sense now. For he himself is our peace, or he is our gift of wholeness, who has made us both one, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God and one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. In these verses, we have the gospel message preached. What did Jesus do on the cross? What did his dying on the cross accomplish? Is it destroyed that sin nature? And you know what? You know who had the sin nature? He says, that's why in Christ, Jew doesn't matter, Gentile doesn't matter, male doesn't matter, female doesn't matter. Why? Because every male had a sin nature. Every female had a sin nature. Every Jew had a sin nature. Every Gentile had a sin nature. So because we all had a sin nature, then we all needed Jesus Christ to destroy that wall of hostility between us and God. We all needed it. We all needed it. And now those who were far off and those who were near can now be reconciled to God. We are now one new race. Let me give you another scripture and then I am basically out of time. But go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, or in other words, if anyone is in the nation of Jesus Christ, what is he? He is a new creation or a new species. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And then jump down to verse 21. For our sake, jump down to verse 21. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him or in the nation of Jesus Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. You are a new race. You are a new species. You have been recreated. And when Jesus destroyed the sin nature because of the cross, because of the cross, he destroyed that sin nature. You became the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God, not because of anything you've done, but because of what Jesus did on the cross. He killed that old nature. You you see that over in Romans chapter six. I'm out of time, but you should go back and look through Romans chapter six and you're going to learn Jesus killed and destroyed that old nature, that old nature. So what you're not dealing with the, the old you, the old you is dead. The Bible says old things have passed away. That old you is dead. What you're having problems with is your unrenewed mind. You are having problems with that unconverted soul. But the old you, that old dead spirit man, is gone, has been abolished, has been destroyed, has been dissolved. That sin nature is gone. You no longer have to live as a slave to sin. You can be a son of God, and every son of God is the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God. You are recreated in the very image of your father. You are righteous. You are a new species. Well, guys, again, I'm out of time. 
this week. Uh, I hope this encouraged you. I hope it enlightened you. And I hope it has given you insight into you don't have to be who you've always been. You don't have to go down the paths you've always gone down, but you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are a new person. You are a new person. You ought to look in the mirror every day and remind yourself you're new. Tell your hands, we're new. We don't do the things we used to say. Do. Tell your mouth, we are new. We're not going to say the things we used to say. You, We are the righteousness of God. Eyes, we're not going to look at things we used to look at. We are the righteousness of God. The wall of hostility between me and God has been dissolved, destroyed, abolished, and broken down. And it's all because of the blood of Jesus. It's all because of the cross of Jesus. It's all because Jesus was God's gift of wholeness to us. Well, guys, don't forget to share this. Don't forget to let me know how it has blessed you. Don't forget to read the scriptures and continue to renew your mind according to the word of God. And especially do not forget to join me same place, same time next week right here for another episode of Scriptures Revealed. I love all of you all. Be encouraged this week and continue to allow the word to change and transform. <music>